That was terrific. Uh, hey, uh, thank you for worshiping with us in this very different and unique way. Um, welcome to Mariner's Community Cyber Church. Um, I'm Paul, and I just realized that this may be the closest I ever get to becoming a televangelist. How about that? Right, right here and, and right now. Hey, it's super weird for me, um, and I'm sure it's a little weird for you as well, but it's weird for me because I'm actually talking to a scattered group of people. I'm actually forcing the worship team to stay here um, and listen to me. And so they're here all looking at their cell phones right now, but they're here. And, and so it's a, a pleasure at least to talk to you. And it's a pleasure to talk to all of you as well um, on, on video right, right now. Um, it may seem a little clumsy. This is our first time through this thing. And, and we're going to see next week we're expecting full computer-generated imaging behind me so I can actually fight some, some imperial stormtroopers on this whole thing. So we'll see how it goes um, ne- next week. Hey, we do need to remember that um, church is it's not a service. Um, you know, when does church start? That's not church. It's, it's really not a building, you know, a hundred stone pine road in Half Moon Bay. It's people. It really is. It's people who are part of Jesus' family. Um, and right now, our family is scattered. They're scattered throughout the coast side and the peninsula, and you're sitting on couches and at desks and on treadmills, and you've got your dog in your lap. Um, we are just as much a church now as we were last Sunday morning. We're just simply scattered throughout. And so God can be glorified and honored, and he builds our lives no matter where we are. And that's the great thing about this. And so this is really a time for your worship and for your strengthening and for your growth. And I, I would just like to, to kind of start off this morning, my time at least, with, with a moment to pray. Would you bow with me, please? And Jesus, thank you that we, gosh, we can give thanks to your name and glorify you as our cornerstone, the one who brings stability no matter what our fears are and our anxieties and no matter what we're experiencing or going through and Now, these next moments, um, may you work in our hearts. Give me the right words to share. I thank you in your name. Amen. Thank you. This whole year at Mariners, we're kind of dedicating to the the term or to the the word radical. Um, I think radical is what we should be when Jesus calls us, when Jesus grabs hold of our lives. And radical, it means we're a little bit more than just simply plain. In fact, it means a lot more than plain or that we're just simply mildly interested in this person of Jesus. It means we become complete followers of him. Saying to him, Jesus, no matter where you ask me to go, no matter what you call me to do, no matter where you want me to be, even if it's a little uncomfortable for me, that's okay. That's where I'm going to go because I am a follower of you, completely completely committed. And what he does is he makes us new creatures, and when he makes us kind of new people, we're going to have different thoughts and different attitudes, and we're going to have all kinds of things that he's going to begin to, what I would just simply say, mess us up about. Old ways that we were thinking will become new. Awkward situations, sometimes he'll put us in, and we're going to say, wow, you really want me to change in that area, and you want me to change in that area? And so what we've been saying here is if Jesus isn't messing up your life, you may be doing Jesus wrong. Because Jesus is going to help us encounter other people and forgive like we never thought we could forgive before and put us in situations in which we are actually called to have our lives a little bit messed up by him. In fact, a lot messed up. And he's going to give us 
different ways to handle things, and especially give us different ways to handle times like, like this. And that's what I want to spend a, f- a few moments talking about. Um, a bunch of years back, my family and I, we went on vacation, and, and, and at, at this particular place we went, they had a water slide. And, and you've been down water slides, and, and, and my kids wanted to go on it, and so I thought, yeah, I can do that too. And so, so we went to the water slide, and you wait in line, and, and, and you kind of wind your way up this tower to get to the top to go down the slide. And, and, and my daughter, you know, I was with my daughter, and she wanted to go first, and so, you know, set her down, set her down the, the water slide. Then it was my turn to go. Now, now <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a water slide kind of guy, you know, that's just, just me. Um, at least if by water slide you mean three feet down into a kiddie pool. But I wanted to support my daughter in this thing, and, and um, this was the water slide from hell. It really was. And once you get on it, you, you, you go into this, this narrow enclosed tube, and it's absolutely pitch black. And if you have any sense of claustrophobia, it will hit you full force here. And as I'm going down this pitch black waterfall, um, claustrophobic, you, you, you start to panic because the thing is, is you can't see what this thing is doing or where this thing is going. And on all of a sudden, it'll turn you this way and you slam into the wall that side and then it turns you that way and you, I slammed in into the wall the other side and, and pretty soon claustrophobia turns to pain and then there are drops, you know, you know and then this and, and all, all of a sudden, now I'm seasick. You know, I'm seasick in a water slide. And, and the worst part of the whole thing is, beside the wedgie that I was getting going down this thing, the worst part of this thing is this horrible high-pitched whining that was going on, this, this, like this screaming thing that's, that's going on. It just pierces through this whole thing. And, and, I, and I came out of the bottom, and, and, and I was just you know, skittered across and, and flung across the, the, the pool, and I ended up straddling the retaining wall. I was going so fast, which didn't help the whole wedgie situation. And, and you, know, you know, my daughter was there, and, and she watched this whole thing happen. And, and you know, as I'm, I'm trying to you know, get rid of the wedgie, and my daughter asked me, Dad, how, how, how'd you like it? Now, it's, of course, game face time. And I said, ah, it's no, 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 no problem apart from that horrible screaming noise. And she said, Dad, that was you. <laughs> and, and I don't know about you, but the worst part is I couldn't see what was coming ahead. And, and I find some of the hardest things about life is when you, you can't see ahead. When you can't see what's, what's, what's coming, when sometimes things seem very, very, very dark and there's twists and turns and drops and you don't know, you don't know that, that they're there. Um, now, you're sitting at home because of this thing called coronavirus. In fact, I'm talking to a pretty much empty room because of COVID-19, you know, this strain that's going ar- around the world. And, and I, I, it seems like every conversation I've had the past three days have dealt with how we're coping with this, what we're going to do about this. Do you believe all these facts and figures, or do, or do you not? What are you going to do? What's going to be happening? And schools are closing, and offices are going, going remote. And we're talking about quarantines and safe spaces and six feet and closets full of toilet paper, you know, and, and, and there's no March Madness, and there's no NBA, you know. And, and, and life, life is, is changing. Who saw, this, who saw this coming? This was like a drop in the dark. Jesus said this. It's a a great verse. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, 
for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And honestly, with that verse right there, it's cool if we just simply shut down the service because what more do you need when Jesus himself says, don't be afraid, little flock, don't be afraid. When Jesus says that, there's that sense, I, I get a sense of strength there. And so the question is really, how can, how can I have faith in a time of fear? And how can I really thrive when it seems like people, you know, are going all, all panicky around me? And how can I, and we have to throw in the term radical, how can I have radical peace and confidence when the world is rushing to Target and Costco to buy paper products? I mean, how do I handle that? How can I, how can I explace, display something more radical in my, in my life? And, and, and I think, and, and Mark and I were talking the other day, and, and the phrase was made, you know, we were built for times like this. I mean, think about that for a moment. We as believers in Christ, followers of Jesus, we're built for times like, like this. We really, really are. Because this is where confidence comes from, and this is where our peace arises. And so what do you do? I mean, how do I, how do I respond? How can I, how can I actually have faith in a time of fear when I am tempted to be maybe just as freaked out as the next guy? How do I do that? A few things I'd just like to share. First of all, always remember who God is. Always bring back in mind who God is. And, and, and you might you say, well, what does that even mean, you know? I know God. God's God. Okay, God's God. What do you mean remember who, who God is? Rick Warren, pastor in Southern California, you may have read his books. He talks about people, and he kind of coined the term people that are practical atheists. Now, practical atheists are Christ followers, and they believe in God, and they believe in Christ, but they act as if God doesn't exist. You know, they're, they're practical atheists. They believe on the inside, but in their practice, they act as if God's not there. God's, God's not doing anything in them, or not, God's not going to do anything for them. They have the same worries as others. When things go bad, they have the same self-focus. In their heads, they believe, but it makes very little difference in their strength or in their behavior. Th three words about God, and, 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 and I come back to these a lot. God is omnipotent. God is sovereign. And God is love. Omnipotent means God can do everything. And you think about the stars and the weather and the ocean and your life. God can do everything. Sovereign means God has everything under control. And love, of course, means we know what that means. God is love and he loves you personally, you. And you put, put those three together. And you could say a loving, mighty God has everything under control. And I go, a loving, mighty God has absolutely everything under control. And, and because of that, followers of Christ, radical followers of Christ, um, our, our concerns will be different. Different. They should be different. 
not what's going to happen to me, because we have a loving, mighty God in charge of what's going to happen to us. Not am I going to get this virus or, or not. It, it should be more like how can I, my concern is how can I help other people work through this very challenging time for them. That's what my concern should be. Because a loving, mighty God is in charge of my life. A loving, mighty God's in complete control. And therefore, if I don't want to be a practical atheist, my concerns will be revealed in a whole different way. How can I give assurance to people around me? How can God be glorified in my life through this, this, this time? It's a great verse. There's, there's a great verse, and, and I know it's way popular. But I, I want us to put into context to the fears that, that maybe you're experiencing um, for you or your loved ones or this fear of the future. And, and, and what I want to ask you to do, and I don't know if this is going to work or, or, or not, but I'm going to read you this passage. And again, it's, it's fairly familiar. But right now, your context in life is different. The context of your life this week is different than it was three weeks ago when this coronavirus was just a little thing. Our context and our focus is different. And what I'm going to ask you to do is just where, where you are in front of your screen, your device, whatever you're using, if you, you might just close your eyes for a second as I read this. Just kind of maybe bow your head and close your eyes. These are the words out of Isaiah chapter 40, and you can go back and read them yourself. It says this, and this is God. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One. And then it says this, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. And then it gets personal. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God? It's kind of saying, why do you say that? Why do you say this loving, mighty God doesn't know what's going on? And if you were asking me, my response would be, it's because I'm weak. It goes on and it says this, do you not know have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. And now this is for us. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a great passage? Second, in times like this, rem remember who you are. I, I have a friend, and, and when he was a little kid, every day his mother would send he and his brother off to school with these words as they would be walking out the door, she would say two things. She would say, first of all, remember I love you. Second of all, remember who you are. 
Jesus said this to us. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And salt means we're here to help a messed up world. And light means that the world can be a dark place. And, and a lot of people that you know and a lot of people that, that you interact with at a six-foot distance, you know, a lot of those people are going through a tough time because they're saying how messed up this whole thing is or how dark the outlook looks for them. And what this means is, as being salt and light, um, we shouldn't be surprised or intimidated or distressed or unsettled by what's going on. We shouldn't be. But it also means that in the middle of this crazy world, we bring two things. We bring light and we bring life. That's what we bring. And we can bring light and life and hope and calm and confidence that God's in control of this. That's what we're called to do. Several years ago, a woman adopted a young boy out of, out of the orphanages in Mexico. She was down there on a mission trip and fell in love with this little boy. And um, after a lot of paperwork and a lot of work, she was able to, to bring him home um, to her house in California. And, and being adopted, he now had everything he needed. He had food and he had clothes. He had a house, had a home. He had a place to live. But every morning after he'd get up and, and go off to school, she'd find as she was making his bed a few pieces of bread or food that was always there under the covers, a few pieces of bread that were there under, under the covers. And she kept wondering why, and maybe she thought, maybe I'm not feeding him enough, and so she'd keep piling on the food for dinner. But, but she would still find that there was bread or food in his bed every morning. And so she, she went and asked the social, the social worker, um, said that this is really common for kids that are coming from orphanages in Mexico because they've had to fight for everything to get anything, and oftentimes the bigger kids took things away from them. And he said, it, it's not that, that he's hungry. It's because he never knew if he would have food for the next day. And he said he, he's, he's not scared because he's hungry. He's scared because he still thinks he's an orphan. Here's that verse again. And again, I, I love this verse. Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And you are built for times like this to have confidence, again, that if God is for you, <laughs> what? nothing can be against you. Nothing can be against you. And this is, this is where we shine. And again, like all light, it gets brighter the darker it gets. And if all of a sudden things seem a little darker than they were a, a month ago, Jesus is saying, you can have faith in this time of fear because you're just simply going to shine brighter. In people's minds, it's getting darker. Understand God is just as in control in your life today as he was when corona was just a beer. <laughs> you know, God is just as in control of, of, of that. And this is where when your neighbors freak out, you don't. Or they run out of toilet paper, you share it with them. You know, with full confidence that God supplies needs. And so we can be saying, God, here I am. Here I am. I remember who I am. I'm, I'm your child. And I have everything I need because you promised to provide and supply. So use me to bring hope and light. To this. This is who I am in this world. Last thing, 
Remember where you are. Remember where you are. Um, someone one time got one of our kids a game called Worst Case Scenario, you know, which is a terrible thing to give to a, a, a little kid. And I got the game. It was to kind of help you understand how you should react and respond in bad situations. But, but little kids don't necessarily need to know because a kid would read something like this. Little kid, okay, little kid. says the card would say, you're in an airplane and it's going down over Antarctica and you don't have a parachute, and you have a broken leg and chicken pox in your underwear. What do you do? I mean, it was stuff like that. You know, stuff like that. And, and, and all of a sudden, my little boy would say, Dad, I'm never going on an airplane ever, you know, ever, ever. And then he'd say, Dad, what would you do? And I'd say, I'd kill the guy who made up this game because it's driving me, driving me nuts. And, and and we sometimes talk about a virus or a situation, and we got the politics going on and the stock market doing the ups and the downs and all those kinds of things. And we, and we sometimes think, man, this is like worst-case scenario, you know? Um, and if it's not coronavirus, it's stock market or politics. It's, it's not the worst-case scenario. For we as believers in Jesus, guess what? It's the best-case scenario. Because God's called us to be in it. You know, God's allowed us to be in this thing. And if we're light, it means the world is dark. And sometimes it's darkness shows up like now and we're light. And we can display confidence and joy and hope. God's got this thing and God's got you. Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team. They're going to come on up right now. And I've asked them to do a special song. And it's a real cool song. It's, it's called King of the World. And, and I thought of this as, as I began to kind of work through what we're going to talk about this morning, and um, it fits so well because the lyrics do this, and, and maybe this is part of you. It says, when did I forget that you've always been the king of the world? It, it's a prayer to God. God, what point did I forget that? When did I forget you've always been the king of the world? How could I make you so small when you're the one who holds it all, when did I forget that you've always been the king of the world? He's king of your world and my world, and he's in charge. And let's listen and worship with this. Just a win. 
couple moments we'll be done here you may um, go grab an early lunch you may go take a nap you may try and get some exercise or take the dog for a walk Um, just remember in the time of fear um, we can have incredible faith and in times when people are frustrated anxious scared um, we shine as light He's king of this place. He's king of your life. He's king of the world. You don't have to fear, little flock. God is pleased to give you the kingdom. And just always remember, we are built from the inside out for times like these. Let's pray. God, I really do thank you so much you have revealed to us how in control you are and how loving you are. Thank you, Lord, that you not only love this world, but you love us individually. You know us by name. You whisper in our fears. You comfort us when we're struggling. You're always there. And so, Father, I would pray that you would lead us to give words of hope and encouragement to those around us, to see the practical needs that we can meet in people in our community, to give and do those things which will help them because you've built in our lives such an incredible love and sense of peace and power. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name.